0: Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. sharing each week chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 hear these words by contrast the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace patience kindness generosity faithfulness gentleness and self-control there is no law against such things and then I'll be reading from the Gospel of John chapter 14 beginning with the 23rd verse. Jesus said, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. And I have said these things to you while I am still with you, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The word of God for the people of God. And you may be seated. I want to offer a special thank you to our bells, to our violinist, to our chancel choir. And I want to offer a special thank you to Reverend Chad and Reverend Ryan. It truly is a joy to serve with you. They're a lot of fun, just so you know, and that's a good thing. Well today we continue in our sermon series, Cultivating the Fruit of the Spirit. We have talked so far, we're in our third week, we've talked uh, so far about love, the fruit of love, and it's embracing the commandment, the greatest commandment that Jesus asked us to, to honor and remember is to love our neighbor as ourself. And that might sound fairly simple, but we know that it's very difficult to do. And one of the ways that we do that is that we are continually tilling the soil of our hearts, right? Because we know that the soil of our hearts can get a little hard. And so in order for us to love all, we have to till the soil of our hearts. So that was the first week. The second week was last week, and that was the fruit of joy. And joy in and of itself is not just happiness and pleasure, because that's fleeting. But joy is something that's deep down within us, that comes from God, that never goes away, and these fruits, love and joy, are a response to our living close to the vine. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, and when we are close to the life source, then we are able to engage in and have a part in the fruit of the Spirit in love and in joy. It's essential to who we are. As people of faith. Today we're talking about the third fruit of the Spirit which is peace. Peace is a weighty word. It's so heavy that I'm not sure I can even grasp it or even begin to explain it. A word surely needed in today's calamitous and chaotic world. Maybe it's why the Apostle Paul included it in the fruit of the spirit, because the world can be so overwhelming, and we can easily get caught up in the strife and the worry that we forget that peace is what we are called to. Peace comes from Christ. It's it's a way to help us get our equilibrium. It's a powerful word. It's a powerful act, peace. And it has become, I think, in some ways fairly commonplace. We use this word peace in a lot of different ways. Sometimes I think that we've heard it so often that maybe we just skim on it and we don't really hear it anymore. And we assume that we know what it means. We hear words like world peace, peace corps, Nobel Peace Prize, peacemaker, peacekeeper, peace talks, peace of mind, and then of course the old classic peace, the sign of peace. But it's a biblical word, peace, and it's mentioned 323 times in scripture. That's how important this word peace is. Go in peace. Seek peace. Peace be with you. Pursue peace. Time of peace. Covenant of peace. Be at peace. God of peace. Peace of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, and my peace I give to you. And we hear Jesus say these words. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. They're words that are shared in John's gospel, only in John's gospel, and they're part of what we call the farewell discourse, which you just heard. And the farewell discourse is Jesus saying goodbye to his disciples. Okay, he's he's just washed their feet. They've had a last meal together, and he's, pretty soon they're all going to be leaving the upper room. They've gathered there, and now they're going to be heading off to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus, Jesus wants them to know, because he shares the whole image of the vine, that he is the vine and they are the branches and that God is the vine grower. And he wants to remind them that oh, he's leaving them, they're not alone he's not going to leave them orphaned he's going to give them the holy spirit so he's giving them the holy spirit and he is giving them something that they cannot even begin to grasp he is giving them the gift of peace it's extraordinary really if you think about it that jesus is speaking of peace he's speaking of peace In just a short while, he is going to be experiencing one of the most horrific ways to die. He is going to be crucified. And some of the last words that he shares with his disciples are about peace. It's extraordinary. It's any wonder that these words of Jesus are often words that we share at a funeral. A funeral doesn't go by where you don't offer some words of peace. Peace of the Lord be with you. Be comforted by the presence of God. And they give us comfort, do they not? When somebody passes away, we want to know that we're not alone, that God indeed is there in the midst. And they remind us that we are not alone. And Jesus has given us this incredible gift because it is the shalom. It is the shalom of well-being. And maybe you've heard that word. It's a Hebrew word. And it means more than just the word we know as peace. It's, in the most literal sense it means completeness soundness and welfare it's a word that signifies the totality of well-being it's just not the sum of our being though that's where I think a little bit of a disconnect can be it's not just a little bit of this and a little bit of that it's not just world peace and then individual peace it's both shalom is the well-being for the world it's Spiritual, it's physical, it's mental, it's collective, it's connecting us one to another, and ultimately, peace is about the completeness, the soundness, and the welfare, welfare of the entire world. That's extraordinary, this shalom. But you see, peace is more than just the absence of conflict. Paul wants the church to know that there is peace in the fruit of the Spirit. We've talked a little bit about the church in Galatia, and we know that the church in Galatia was a difficult church. It had a lot of conflict, a lot of differing views about whether or not we follow the letter of the law or whether we follow grace. Lean on the sign of grace. I had a very dear friend of mine, and I I don't know um, if I should share this. I shared it, I just shared it, but Ryan's like, yeah, share this. Um, I shared it at the last service. I had a very dear pastor friend of mine, um, and she had a tattoo of a heart on her panty line. And the doctor she was going to see um, was surprised by this. She was uh, an attorney who had become a pastor. And so, the The doctor said, I can't believe you have a tattoo there and that you have a tattoo at all, you're a pastor. And so she said, well, I'm no longer under the law. I'm under the law of grace. And she would laugh as she shared that story because she thought it was funny. Paul says that we're justified by faith through grace. That was the argument. Really, it's what caused the Reformation that were justified by faith through grace. Nothing else. It's why Jesus, I think, was able to, to talk about peace with his disciples as he was making his way to the cross. Because the cross, and we look at it every Sunday, the cross is what allows us to receive that peace. Because it's what Jesus did for us, it's a gift. Freely given to you, freely given to me. And it justifies us. It forget We are forgiven. We are forgiven. It makes us right with God. That seems to me to be worthy of peace. Don't you think? <laughs> peace, you might be asking, of all words today, peace? Right now? Are you really asking about peace? It doesn't doesn't seem like when you leave here or you turn on any type of, you know, digital device, your TV, whatever that might, computer. You step outside of the doors today, and peace doesn't seem to be on anybody's radar. In our world today, the headlines are anything but peaceful. And when we read about it, just yesterday, Gun violence, the need for gun control, the largest gun control bill in the past 30 years was just supported by Congress and signed by the President. Roe v. Wade was overturned after almost 50 years, and activists and protesters lined the streets. Regardless of where you stand, regardless of where you stand, it reveals the pain and the division in this nation. And that deeply saddens my heart, as I'm sure it does yours. There are ongoing hearings regarding the January 6th attacks on the Capitol rising food, gas, and cost-of-living prices, talks of inflation, and war continues to rage in Ukraine. Not to mention the concerns and disagreements that are occurring in our own denomination. This is all added to what's going on in our own personal lives. Fear for our families, Fear for our health, fear for our jobs, financial concerns. And you want me to talk about peace? Yes, yes, yes. I want to talk about peace. I do. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that Jesus gives to us in a time of trial, in a time of difficulty. Yes, I want to talk about peace. We must talk about peace. That's what the Apostle Paul talks about with the church at Philippi. Every church he wrote to had some sort of problems. And he shares this verse that many of us have memorized. We possibly have it on uh, a little post-it by our computer. Maybe we have it on our calendar. Maybe we have it somewhere where we can remember it. In every situation with prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, tell your requests to God, and the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus repeatedly reminds us not to worry, to give our concerns to God. I know that's easier said than done. Don't be anxious about what you eat. Don't be anxious about what you wear. Let's look at the birds of the air, look at the lilies of the field. God takes care of them. Won't God also take care of us? Aren't we more valuable than they are? It's hard to have peace when we are anxious and filled with worry. And yet, peace is what Jesus gives his disciples when he knows he's gonna be going to the cross. And it's what he gives us. Admittedly, peace is hard to maintain, it's hard to extend, but because this gift of peace, we're given it, we in turn are to extend it to others. It's meant to be a bridge in our world. It's what brings us together. I did read uh, an article recently about a bridge in Northern Ireland, a place that knows (laughs) lots of division and conflict. And there's a city that's so divided that part of the population, there's a city, part of the population calls it London Derry, and the other part calls it Derry. In this city, Protestants live on the East Bank, Catholics live on the West Bank. Many don't mix, so one of the solutions was to build a bridge. It's a 90 900 foot bridge that sort of winds around it's like a snake and it's for walkers and joggers and bicyclists and they've named the bridge peace bridge That's what they're trying to do build a bridge build peace Blessed are the peacemakers for they are the children of God Now peace can be a non-anxious presence in the midst of a storm. Peace can be the willingness to be a bridge builder. Peace can be knowing our world is in turmoil but acknowledging that even in the messiness and craziness of our life and our world that God is creating order out of the chaos. Peace is having the full assurance that all things work together for good, for those who love God and are called according to God's purposes. Let me read this again. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. Even today, beloved, even today. A number of years ago, on Nelson Mandela's 95th birthday, there was a celebration of this iconic peacemaker. And prior to his birthday, he'd been very sick and he was hospitalized and he was in critical condition. But he was so revered that they wanted to celebrate his birthday even while he was in the hospital. And so the people of South Africa stood outside of the hospital room to sing him happy birthday as well as all of South Africa and the world. He was so celebrated. and They sang happy birthday to this peace-loving man. Now if you're like me, when you hear the name Nelson Mandela, a lot of images come to mind. You immediately think perhaps of somebody who is larger than life. He made extraordinary strides in race relations, not only in South Africa but all around the world. When you think of Nelson Mandela, you also think of peace, I think. All the efforts of peace that that he made as he reached out to his country became the voice of peace in the world and modeled for the world what a peacemaker looks like. He spent 27 years in prison in his efforts to fight for democracy, and when he came out, he became president of South Africa. That was in 1994. But what you may not know, and is why I share this story, is that in the year 2000, Mandela received the World Methodist Peace Award for his efforts against apartheid toward peace. Mandela grew up and was formed by the United Methodist Church. I don't know if you knew that. He always acknowledged the role that the church played in his life and in his faith. He attended um, the Methodist Missionary School and he attended a Methodist College and in an article that I read it said that Mandela was a firm believer that social transformation could not be separated from spiritual transformation. It goes along with what John Wesley said. The gospel of Christ knows of no religion but social, no holiness but social holiness. What is most reflective, I think, in the life of Mandela was how he carried himself over the years, especially when he got out of prison. And instead of asking for an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, speaking with anger and speaking with bitterness, He sought peace in the way of forgiveness. It's only through healing and wholeness that the shalom of Christ can come. And it's only through this shalom that one can experience true peace. Somebody shared with me after the 9 o'clock service that when told that he had people who were wanting to kill him, His response was, I'm at peace. Blessed are you who receive peace. Blessed are you who seek peace. Blessed are you who share peace. You are the true children of God. I want to close with the priestly blessing from the book of Numbers. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord make his countenance shine upon you and give you peace. May it be so. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at MariettaFUMC.org or on Facebook at MariettaFUMC.